If you walked down 51st Street in New York City on August 15, 1858, you would not see anything resembling the bustling midtown Manhattan that we all know today, with its hotels and banks and glitzy shops. At this point, the city is still largely woodsy and unpopulated. And on this August day, the Archbishop of New York, John Hughes, is about to lay the cornerstone for his dream project, the construction of the greatest church in the United States. So on this, uh, this hot Sunday in the summer of 1858, he has a platform erected on the empty lot that is now St. Patrick's Cathedral. This is writer John Lokery. He says that an enormous number of people packed into the open space, 40, 60, or maybe even 100,000 people. The omnibuses and trains that are heading uptown have been packed for three, four hours before to get everybody from the populated part of the city. Some newspapers said entire neighborhoods downtown are emptied that Sunday. Hughes put together a ceremony worthy of the monumental crowd. Around 200 priests attended and 100 choir boys sang throughout the procession. Plus, the archbishop adorned the area with flags representing the congregation. Banners from France, Spain, Russia, and the Netherlands. But one flag held a place of honor above the rest. By the spot where the altar of the cathedral would be, he placed an Irish flag, a flag with a harp on it, and then he placed a cross above it. That was a kind of statement saying, we the Irish are building this cathedral. John Hughes became Archbishop of the New York Diocese in 1850 an era of intense anti-Irish and anti-Catholic feeling in the United States. In the decades prior, nativist backlash had erupted as waves of Irish immigrants came to the United States. Many Americans saw the Irish as dirty and ignorant. In some cities, rioters had destroyed Catholic churches and convents. Hughes, an Irishman himself, wouldn't take it. Rather than uh, turn the other cheek, he was not a turn-the-other-cheek sort of person, really. He takes on all of these people in a polemical way in his own speeches and writings. Um, he insists that if anything happens to the churches of New York, the Protestants had better look to their own churches. Of course, the Irish Catholics loved that. He was constantly trying to explain to the Vatican, this is what Americans respect. They respect confidence and clarity and strength. His position and his rhetoric made Hughes the most famous Catholic in the country. And his militancy earned him a rather unpriestly nickname, Dagger John. He would put a cross by his name, as bishops and archbishops do, more nowadays especially. Enemies of the time said that wasn't a cross, it was a dagger. Um, and I, I think there were times when he almost took a, a strange pride in it. Let them be wary of me, yes. Let them not think because I'm a man of, of the cloth, a man of God, that I'm not also someone to be reckoned with. I think he liked that aspect of uh, his persona. Other Catholic officials didn't really appreciate his style. But there was no doubt that without him, there would have been a void. There wouldn't have been a person saying, we will feel a bond if we understand we are under attack. And you, the Irish, are, are not what the Protestant nativists of this country say you are. They say you're uneducated. They say you're, you're hopeless. They say you don't understand American values. They say you're all vassals of the Pope. You'll never be true American citizens who will bring anything to this country. And he constantly was saying to the Irish, don't believe that. You are a great people in many ways, greater than 
uh, maybe greater even than you know, and I'm here to tell you that, and I'm here to lead you to a proper place uh, in the society. He encouraged his flock to adopt a threefold identity, be loyal Catholics, good Americans, and also be proud of their Irish heritage. In some ways, he could be seen as one of the originators of the idea of the hyphenated identity. So in that sense, he really is a kind of galvanizing force for an ethnic as well as a religious community. And Hughes had a vision for the construction of a building which would symbolize faith, community, and religious devotion. He was inspired by a trip to Europe. He went to Paris and Rome, Florence, Vienna, um, soliciting funds and meeting figures at the Vatican. But he also worshipped in those great cathedrals uh, in Paris and Florence, Venice and Rome, and came back feeling, if we are to uh, come together as a Catholic community, we need our own cathedral here. Lockery says that the construction of St. Patrick's Cathedral was the culmination of this goal. It was going to be more Irish Catholics who contributed the funds. There were going to be Irish Catholic workers who built it. The majority of his parishioners uh, were Irish Catholic. That this was going to make them feel very good about themselves as Catholics and as uh, and as Irish people, as Irish Americans. He thought the cathedral would be a wonderful, a wonderful symbol, reinforcing those different parts of an identity that he was trying to uh, that he was trying to cultivate. Dagger John Hughes didn't live to see the completion of the cathedral. He died in 1864, and St. Patrick's wasn't finished until 1878. But the great church survives as a testament to Hughes' vision. It is an awesome building still. I mean, when one goes today, it's full of both worshipers and tourists who are in awe of the, of the beauty and complexity of this building. And that would have been deeply satisfying to him, definitely. John Lokery is the author of Dagger John, Archbishop John Hughes and the Making of Irish America. <laughs>